0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On Air. It's time for Speak Legal, conversations with Community Law Otago, made with the support of Law Faculty, University of Otago. this time every Thursday we take the opportunity to demystify aspects of the law, particularly as it applies here in Aotearoa, New Zealand and joining us on the line now from Community Law Otago, Georgia Woodley who's going to be talking to us this morning around class actions in Aotearoa Uh, Georgia Morena, good to have you with us
1: Good morning, thank you for having me.
0: Class action, Georgia, it's something we might hear about but not fully understand, so this is a really good opportunity just to break that down a little bit. So let's start once more, as we usually do, with a bit of a definition. What is a class action?
1: Yeah, right, so in New Zealand, um, class actions are a little bit different to what people might think they are, especially if you've watched a lot of American TV shows or movies. Um, In New Zealand, they are actually known as representative actions, which means one person will take a proceeding in a court against a party on behalf of a bunch of other people. So instead of each person bringing their action individually, one person will group together and bring that action within the court as that party's representative as such. So yeah, they're still known as class action lawsuits, but there is that little difference compared to overseas.
0: So how is that different from a a normal proceeding in court?
1: Yeah, exactly. So the claims, instead of being separately heard in the court, they can actually be grouped together and heard at the same trial. Um, This is really important because it means that the plaintiffs, the ones who are bringing the case, are making significant cost savings because there's only one group of costs for the entire class rather than for each plaintiff who would normally have to bring each of their actions individually. Um, It also means that for the defendant, there is only one claim to face from the class of plaintiffs instead of having a really long, really expensive legal battle against each claim from each individual individual plaintiff. Um, However, it does usually mean that the amount the plaintiffs are seeking in damages or compensation is usually higher just because they're is a group of plaintiffs rather than one individual. So pros and cons with
0: this, yeah. Yeah, so pros primarily around sort of efficiency and cost really all round.
1: Yeah, exactly, Yeah.
0: Tell us about the role of the Law Commission.
1: So this is a really interesting area of New Zealand law at the moment because it is undergoing a bit of a review. So the Law Commission has just finished accepting submissions on this particular area of law. They are now going through them and they are going to produce a report which will come out sometime next year on this area of law. Um, It is interesting because... Class actions are generally funded with what is called litigation funding. Um, this is when somebody who is not a party to and has no interest in the litigation agrees to fund some or all of the plaintiff's costs. Usually, this will be in exchange for a share of the sum recovered, if any. So, if you win in court, they will take a part of that um, part of that that sum. So. It's an interesting area because this generally is not how other litigation is funded. It is not overly regulated in New Zealand, so it's just the Law Commission's really looking into how they should proceed with regulating this area, if at all. So, yeah, really interesting.
0: Mm, That is a curious one that I'm sure I certainly didn't know about, and and, and I imagine most people won't. The potential that an unrelated party of the proceedings could have an interest in it purely from a... Financial perspective in terms of <laughs> investing in an outcome.
1: Well, exactly. So that's the thing. Um, I mean, there's been quite a few well known um, class actions over the last couple of years. One of the ones that probably most people would know is the leaky buildings owners who, you know, bring cases against either manufacturers or builders or the government, even, um, which is just a really interesting thing that a group is banking on some sort of return from the outcome of litigation. Although the cross side of that is if they don't win at all, then usually they get paid nothing. So it is really quite a gamble to take these claims to court as a litigation funder.
0: So it's it's all a bit of a problem, all a bit of an unregulated mess at the moment.
1: It is exactly so. I mean, the high court rules which govern class actions, they are quite outdated. They haven't really been changed at all since the 19th century, so hence why the Law Commission is one of the reasons why they're looking into this area of law. Um, There is a really small growing body of case law which helps govern this, but even then there's still a whole lot of uncertainty in the process, Um, which means that people who want to bring a class action to court are really just, you know, they're left in the dark a lot of the time about how the outcome of their case is going to go and how they can bring that. So, yeah, it's really, it'll be interesting to see what the Law Commission comes out with in their report.
0: Perhaps you could run us through how this all looks from both the plaintiffs' and the defendants' side.
1: Yeah, sure. So on the plaintiffs' side, the thing about litigation funding and class actions is that it's a really expensive process to go through the court. I mean, often these cases can last years and years on end. So if they do not have the financial means to bring those cases to court and you know, litigation funding is, say, really overly regulated in the future, then there's a lot of people who won't be able to have their day in court or a chance to have their wrong righted. Um you know, there's also the added benefits of keeping big corporations, big players, and you know, all sorts of areas and industries honest with these kind of lawsuits. Um, there's obviously the chance, as we've said, for the funders and lawyers to make money from these cases. So, a lot of different things at play there. A lot of policy reasons around why litigation funding is really important. But on the opposite side, for the defendant. Um, if the law commission wants to improve affordability and efficiency of litigation, then you know there is the potential for really meritless and vexatious class actions to come to court, which then doesn't really go with the whole improving efficiency or cost saving. Um, there is the potential for the impact on profitability of businesses, and it could make it you know a little less attractive to become a director of a company just because of the potential for exposure to these uh, cases and finally probably the defendant side really want to limit the amount of money a funder could make from a successful case as we've said it's probably not that morally correct to go into one of these cases thinking about the amount of money that you can make from a successful Mm judgement so yeah it's really interesting.
0: Now an organisation called Level Playing Field has done a bit of number crunching on this
1: yeah, exactly. So this was a really interesting thing that I came across as I was researching this. Um, so there's been 37 class actions and other cases which have been funded by litigation funding um, over the last 10 years. And eight of these are still ongoing. So that really points to just how long these cases can be drawn out. Uh, out of the 29 settled cases, around 183 million has either been awarded or paid in settlement. So, of that 183 million, the plaintiffs received 89 million, which is just under 50% of that. Uh, interesting, legal fees and project costs took up 45%, at around 82 million of that amount, and the profit for the litigation funders was only 12 million, or 6%. So. It's a really interesting thing to look at the actual numbers of this when you're hearing arguments about people making money from these lawsuits. You know, at 6%, it doesn't really seem as though they are making a lot from these cases. And, of course, those are the ones that have been successful. So it doesn't really go into how much they may or may not have lost on unsuccessful cases. So, yeah, another really interesting side of the argument.
0: You've mentioned a couple already, but there's some... More recent or current class action cases that um, are going on at the moment that might be of interest?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, another really well known one is probably the kiwi fruit growers in New Zealand who lost millions um, when the kiwi fruit vine disease PSA came into the country. A class action was actually taken against the government officials for letting that uh, disease come into the country. So, it's not just in Private disputes between, you know, people and corporations, but people like the government. So, I guess that goes to the accountability exercise as well. It's really important to be able to hold people accountable for these things that can have huge impacts on people's livelihoods and lives. Um, another really important ongoing one is against the ANZ bank for a Ponzi scheme. Uh, people lost so much money in this, and so they are bringing. They have a claim against ANZ Bank at the moment for not taking care of their money. Essentially, so that's quite important. It shows you know that instead of each person having to bring a claim against the bank, they've all banded together. So, just another example of how it can be used. Really,
0: what's the time frame for the Law Commission's work on this?
1: Um, so they are hoping to bring out their report uh, next year, and so that's hoping to be in May at that time there'll be a report reduced at, produced rather sorry, and they will be making recommendations to the government as well. So whether anything changes from that, um you know the wheels of justice do move slowly sometimes, but it'll be really interesting to see how they view all these competing arguments and conflicting point of views from people, especially those who have taken the time to make submissions Um, Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what they come out with
0: Indeed, well Georgia, um, thank you so much for taking some time to bring us this uh, topic to our Speak Legal segment today and for all the research you've done around that uh, Learned a lot, thank you so much, we look forward to talking with Community Law Otago again next week
1: That's quite right. thank you very much, have a good day Community Law Otago Free legal advice and support for the people of Otago Visit our weekday advice clinics at 169 Princes Street, Dunedin Clinic session times are available from the website communitylawotago.com Ring 474 1922 or 0800 169 333 if calling from outside Dunedin Speak Legal is made with support from the Law Faculty, University of Otago Training for Life